Hello and welcome to another episode of the TechQ podcast powered by ECS. Uh, we have an amazing episode for you today with a very, very illustrious guest. Um, just a bit, bit of a background for, for our guest today. He is an award-winning business strategy consultant with an extensive international experience in contact centers and CX digitization and change. He's written multiple blog posts, including Knowing Your Customer Better Than They Know Themselves, The Changing Face of the Customer, Why OmniCX Shouldn't Be an Option, um, and When Brands Become Your Friends. We have a big, big, big TechCube um, podcast. Welcome to Zahir Jelani. Zahir, welcome. Thank you, Ben. It's really... We're, we're really, really excited to have you and, and talk about the changing face of the customer. Thanks, Ben. Thanks uh, for the um, for the invite. Very happy to be here. Um, yes, uh, extremely passionate about uh, you know customer services and customer experience. Uh, almost uh, twenty five years. I started my career uh, as as a as a call center advisor, and uh, one of the key things that I picked up, I, I can still remember. Back in days, uh, in the uh, initial training course, was how do you put yourself in customers' shoes? How do you empathize? So that passion just developed over over time during this you know during this journey of mine. You know, I have worked for you know various different uh, you know brands across EMEA. You know, some large telecom and media organizations. Um, you know, progressed myself as a as an analyst, project manager, international program management, and then got involved in the strategy and consulting side and. Uh, uh, touched a, a lot of other verticals um, as well, um, and I, I tend to take my time out uh, to to learn more about the the customers and uh, the, uh, the their behavior and how the, the things are shaping uh, in the market. Uh, I, uh, I tend to you know invest my time in uh, you know innovating in, in this space, and hence obviously some of the things that you have just mentioned. Uh, you know the customer journey, uh, focus on customer journey, um, and how how is it that we can. Uh, you know, map those better. Uh, and uh, I've also obviously looked at, uh, you know, developing a industry's first mobile uh, mobile game, casual mobile game, uh, you know, which is available on Google Play and uh, and App Store. Uh, and, and that's again to see, obviously, how is it that we can improve, you know, customer and employee engagement uh, by using some of the, the, the gaming, uh, you know, principles. So, um, uh, yeah, happy, happy to kind of discuss this. And um, um... yeah, so obviously you, you've been able to have this sort of experience from a very long time being in the call center. And what I've found is that when people have go into a specific discipline, they've always had a starting point as to how they actually got to the place that they are in at the moment. And your journey started very, very early, as you said, as a call center. So if I could just take you back to those sort of days, what sort of things were you seeing from customers that made you that triggered you to say you know what this could be something that I could actually help with because you know in call centers you may I don't know what it was like I'm just thinking out loud I've worked in a call center before so you know you have a script whereby you have to go through and you have to explain when you're when someone comes with a challenge or a problem you have to go through the script and all of you have to go through different steps to try and resolve the issue that may be bringing to you as, as, as a call center advisor. So what sort of the things were you seeing, which you thought, Oh, do you know what? There is something in this where I can develop something that could potentially help the, help, help the customer even better. Maybe it will be integration into a different accounts that they're holding or, or, or things like that. So what sort of stuff that you were, that you were seeing? 
So very, very interesting. Yeah. So if you look at this 25 years, uh, it almost gave me an opportunity to see how this um, this whole industry has evolved, how the customers have evolved over time. So one of the one of the key things, for example, that I noticed, you know, back in days, that you know, we we as organizations, we were much more stronger on the on the people side. Yeah, less on the technology side, but you know, the focus on the people and the culture and the processes, for example, that was heavy. Technology wasn't that clever. Um, um, the customer, for example, obviously was also used to the uh, the norms, but the, the common frustrations obviously has started to obviously kind of you know uh, rise up. Um, you know, the the fact that a few customers were looking for effortless experience, they they didn't like repeating themselves. You know, they they wanted to obviously get to get to their goal. You know, kind of as soon as possible. Were, were, were some of the some of the norms that that you know that existed, and then they just developed over time. And technology obviously became clever, and we started to we started to look at uh, you know aspects of you know improving the, the the customer experience by focusing focusing on things like uh, you know rationalizing some of the basics, like rationalizing the number of contact numbers that we had for for the customers. You know, in the back in days, you you know. You, the organizations, for example, for them to attempt to serve the customers for various different needs, so for example, for sales or or service or you know uh, technical issues, etc., they will you know issue out you know different contact numbers. Um, but uh, some so some of the the basic that we we saw see people addressing or organization addressing was that okay, let's rationalize and consolidate the the number of contact points or. Uh, the, uh, the numbers that we have for, for the customers, and then it will it you know the, the whole focus on unifying the uh, the customer voice, for example, became apparent. And then how is it that you can uh, you know get all of the channel in all of the the voice of the customer through uh, in a unified fashion, you know, kind of uh, and and then distribute it in in the in a in a more intelligent fashion. So. Uh, the emergence of, you know, kind of uh, intelligent routing, for example, that surfaced. And so now you're looking at the, uh, the customer and trying to connect that customer to the, the, uh, the, the best potential agent or, or location or site, whatever obviously your strategy might be. Um, and then obviously when you're, you, then you're developing on that. And then what we saw is that we saw that, okay, look, as obviously we are receiving customers in, the, in, in our contact centers or call centers, then how is it that we can equip our uh, our agents, you know, better, you know, more than the the usual obviously training, for example, or the knowledge, uh, you know, support that they had. How is it that we can, you know, gather as much information about why the customer is contacting us, yeah, and you know, display that and complement that, you know, that intention with with the relevant re- relevant pieces of information uh, on the uh, uh, on the systems and screens that uh, the, the agent use. So. The focus on the employee engagement side or employee experience, for example, that's you know started to become apparent, and then uh, you know um, you you could basically just see that you know how that got you know uh, further accelerated in the last ten years with um, with the cloud, the focus on the cloud and the digital uh, you know digitization of how organizations have, for example, you know enhance their ability to kind of do all of those things seamlessly, uh, you know across channels. Uh, you know that you know kind of uh, a, uh, made the uh, made obviously the uh, the developments for example that they, we take for granted today. So it has been a journey, but uh, you know it, it's been nice to kind of see you know how things have obviously progressed and developed you know uh, uh, over time. Of course, and that was something that 
I myself was also seen, you know, you you would ring up a, a an organization, just say you wanted to pay, I don't know, a bill, a utility bill, and, and you may have some further questions after you paid it about your account and they would have to bounce you around from different um, divisions and different areas within that same company. And as a customer, that experience for you could be quite frustrating. But now we're at a place where I don't even need to speak to anyone. All of my utility bills could potentially be on one platform and they can interact with each other as well. And yeah. it kind of leads me onto the first sort of like area we want to dive into, which, you know, how AI is, is kind of controlling how we interact with our services. So, you know, being able to potentially, um, just for example, uh, and, and this might be a, not a, a the greatest example, but just example just popped into my head, is looking at how I wanted to order something from, you know, you do weekly shops. Uh, the way in which we move or interact now is, is significantly changed. We're all at home because of COVID. We're all having to get used to that. And you have to do stuff like, you know, shopping every week. Sometimes I don't want to be able to, um, I don't want to go out and, and go into the supermarket and, and be able to buy things. I want to be able to automatically have that delivered or have the the opportunity to have it delivered and, and, it's, and it's a good thing now you can have things where you know stock in your fridge or in your cupboards gets low and it's automatically detected and then another batch is ordered of that favorite ice cream that you have so that's a really really small example but how have you seen how ai is controlling how we interact with our services and and some examples would be amazing yeah so uh, definitely so the this is um uh, definitely an interesting area and i think this has a huge potential to grow uh, and uh, and develop obviously as as we move forward but one thing i think uh, one of the principles that i think we need to be clear you know uh, when we're looking at the role of the ai and uh, you know how is controlling the way um, our customers interact with us or how uh, how you know uh, customers interact with you know different services for example that brands offer is that ai although you know you know, sounds, you know, kind of clever and, and, and smart and so on. Yeah, AI still, uh, you know, um, is working on a on the principle of Kygo or, you know, garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. So um, we, you know, as humans are, you know, inputting, for example, the parameters or the the context in which we see AI will, uh, will perform. And, uh, and, and hence, obviously, you know, AI will kind of, you know, uh, a... Uh, respond accordingly and then obviously people obviously kind of uh, you know experience the services obviously that are manifested obviously through the the various for example uh, intelligence that goes on obviously within that um, that black box so we're you know we are definitely seeing for example ai you know um being used to to one of one of the key for example things which is um a huge focus obviously at the moment is that how is it that we can use ai to you know, understand you know our our customers you know as as much as we can you know and how is it that we can um, you know preempt and you know predict for example their uh, their intent yeah and and, and their behavior uh, but this thing has been going on for for a while so for example if you look at the CRM you know a lot of CRM platforms people know that okay they you know these these platforms have taken a lot of a lot of data and using the algorithms for example that have been you know fed in. That they can, you know, churn out some very interesting, you know, um, NBA or next best, next best uh, action and next best 
for you know offer for the for the customer that when obviously you know pitch to the customer in a in a in a personalized fashion uh, you know uh, can can you know mean a huge amount of business for the uh, for, for the brand we we are also obviously seeing ai for example being used in lots of other industries yeah so um we we obviously for example seen the uh, the bots being used by you know even we see students for example and you know teenagers to kind of you know uh, clinch uh, you know their favorite for example uh, deal on trainers or um you know other for example you know virtual marketplaces where they can they can you know pinch the uh, you know nfi deals yeah and um and we are seeing obviously the the way for example ai is, is being used in in industries serious industries like uh, you know um, energy or obviously you know uh, stock exchange in terms of uh, you know how for example they are monitoring you know kind of thousands thousands of different you know kind of uh, a, a data points to make obviously clever decisions and make uh, uh, and see the trades obviously that they want to yeah and there are obviously some also a bit sinister i i aspects from having this sort of technology put into whether put into systems whether that be um for individual and private companies or for governments you know netflix have a a great program or great show um that's been brought out called project bias where mm-hmm. it shows some of the items where you know um it's mainly focused on America, but there was a portion of it that was uh, filmed in the UK. And what it happened was they were, they had parked a van outside of a station in, in London and they were actually photographing uh, faces of passersby and they were checking on a database if potentially that person had either committed a crime or they were just gathering all of this data and they were going to use it, you know, maybe in the future for whatever it may be. Uh, uh, you have places like that or things like that. Um, you have things of, of where in China where you cannot physically be able to obtain, um, not obtain um, internet access or or buy sort of like internet services or even small amenities without having a profile on, on, on a massive database that is controlled by the government. I mean, that's an extreme case, but there are sort of cases like that. So what, where, where do you see, and where do you see this going in the future and how do you see it being regulated where we have these big data collection points that are being used and they're being sold as um, items that are going to benefit us and help us as individuals and consumers to be able to make either purchases more simple or to be able to make our lives a lot easier. Um, how do you how do, how do you make and, and comfort the customer and the population to to come on board with those sorts of advancements in AI and and you, the ubiquity of having a one one system? So it's, it's, it's um, with AI, you know, AI obviously, you know, represents or obviously it um, it is a power tech, powerful technology. No doubts about that. AI is a very powerful technology. But as you know, this uh, famous saying, uh, I think in Spider-Man, yeah, with a great, you know, kind of power comes obviously great responsibility. Yeah, of so, course. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there is a, there's a, there is this piece around responsibility or being responsible yeah that uh, is uh, is of uh, paramount imp- importance obviously in this space you know for 
for businesses and for for the governments alike. Um, you know, it's it's an I think it's an obvious thing to say, but it is it is what it is. You know, that is where we see the focus needs to be, and we are seeing. You know the the regulations, for example, you know kicking in. We have, for example, GDPR here. We have CCPA, for example, in America. Um, you know to to govern, for example, you know uh, and regulate the way the the data uh, about uh, you know customers' privacy. Uh, you know and keep keeping those obviously concerns as these you know kept, stored, stored, you know processed. Yeah, and um, and those things obviously uh, can definitely help, but obviously more needs to be done. And there's some of the things that you've mentioned, you know, this project bias and um, and others, you know, so some of the, for example, you know, failed experiments where you, you've you heard of, you know, AI going wrong. Yeah. So remember that uh, that piece around the uh, the the uh, the Tay from. Yeah. My, Microsoft brought out the, um, the AI bot on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the, I think, yeah, it was called Tay. And within. I think it was 16 hours. Yeah. The AI was already had been infiltrated by yeah. the public who were, it was constantly learning, but it was people were feeding it all of this information yeah. and it had turned out to be uh, racist, anti Semitic. Yeah. It was misogynistic. It was um, homophobic. All of these very, <laughs> very sinister things. Yeah. But it, you know, it was consistently learning from the environment that we're in. So how do we, how, 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 again, question is how do you comfort yeah. the customer and the consumer like us to be able to know that AI is going to help us and, and not going to be our downfall? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it goes goes back to, you know, that Gaigo principle uh, that I mentioned. So there is obviously this piece obviously around responsibility, being responsible, but then also it, you know, it all depends on obviously what you, what you feed in. So if you look at, you know, this uh, Nazi uh, Tay, or if you yeah. look at the uh, the so for example stories around obviously wiki bots obviously go, going wrong and obviously they're obviously kind of trying to you know you know edit and then over edit you know for example topics within wiki yeah or if you're looking at you know there was another story around uh, promo bot IR seventy seven for example in um, in uh, in Russia for example who was you know, who kept on trying to escape the building that you know it was kept in you need to kind of almost basically see and uh, you know, uh, look at we see, you know, what is it? What is it that we are trying to achieve, and what, what is fed into? Yeah. So uh, another, for example, to make this uh, maybe uh, not oversimplify it, to, but to give an example of why these things we see, for example, go wrong, is that okay? Some of the um, uh, some of the a- aspects in terms of um, uh, the example that I want to give is um, a. The way, for example, the facial recognition, uh, yes. the, the, way, the way, for example, AI has, has been used in facial recognition. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, there, there, is, there was this story where this lady, was, when she performed a research on uh, the facial recognition, uh, you know, uh, done by, for example, Google, by, you know, kind of uh, Microsoft, IBM, you know, um, you know Facebook and uh, the like. And when she looked at it and she found that all of those uh uh, platforms they were you know pretty you know kind of happy and okay when they were recognizing people obviously with um white color fair color yeah yes and, you know yeah. male or you know and they were male but they started obviously struggling to to recognize people um you know when obviously the the color was dark or obviously the, the, yes. the was a female 
Yeah. Mm. And and you could almost basically, uh, you know, kind of go a bit upstream and you say, okay, why exactly that happened? And when you look at the, the samples and the, 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 the feeds, for example, that are being fed into these systems, they are, you know, kind of fed by people or your samples are biased. Yeah. As your samples that you're feeding in uh, to, to these systems, they are of majority white people, majority male. Yeah. And, uh, you know, no surprise that the system then obviously kind of, you know, produces basically what you what you feed in. Yeah. It's basically just develops on top of that. The sample that you have of the diversified, uh, you know, kind of uh, um, folks is, is, is so so small that obviously the, the, the machine almost basically thinks that, OK, you know, that isn't that important, you know, important. And it starts, for example, ca- cause some of those issues. So we need to, you know, pay attention to those aspects to say that, okay, how is it that we address the the bias, yeah, in the in the AI? Because it has huge ramification, you know, in a kind of uh, negative way for for people, for example, when they're applying for jobs, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, and so you need to really kind of take a step back. You, you know, it's it's about being neutral. It's about basically kind of look at look at this, uh, look at the context. And what you're trying to achieve, and try to be as, as you know, fair and balanced as as you can. Yeah, of course, and that goes into a completely different topic where you're looking at, you know, um, the makeup of an organization and how people being able to have a, a massive sample size of different people from different backgrounds and ethnicities be able to help with these developments in this technology of AI and, and, and the omni channel and omni customers yeah. be able to push that forward. So that's a completely different topic, but I'm, I'm really glad you touched on that. So, you know, th- one of the other things that we, I wanted to look at was uh, omni customers being a reality and having that, you know, you've spoke about it, touched on it multiple different times with you know, facial recognition and specifically on your blog post, where you took, you spoke about, um, and the, on the latest one, the changing face of the customer, and you have this scenario whereby you're going to book a holiday to Dubai, and you ask multiple different friends, you know, to help you book it. Um, you know, from being able to um, book, you need to go to Dubai, and you ask your friend Emily who can book a flight to you, and then Emily asks you, you want to where you're flying out from Manchester on business class, and you have Ursula who's going to book you and uh, going to book you a cab to pick you up, and uh, you have luggage and so on and so forth. Um, but then, and, and throughout reading this post, I was thinking wow, you have some really, really nice friends. But obviously at the end of it, it's like, these aren't my friends. These are services that I'm actually requesting things from and they're just pulling it all together. So please just explain to me and explain to our audience, you know, how right now that they don't even realize that the Omni customer, us as being the Omni customer is a reality. reality. Yeah. So uh, let's just, uh, you know, kind of uh, break it down. So, so I say omni customer is is a reality. A lot of people, for example, um, see that as an end goal. But I I uh, I say that okay, omni customer is a reality. And what what exactly does that mean? So that essentially means that uh, a uh, a customer who's omni uh, a present or a customer who you know kind of uh, whose uh, whose expectations are to be served to interact with you, yeah, um, uh, at their terms. Uh, in terms of the channels they use or, or touch points, for example, that, that they interact with. Yeah, so, and that is a reality, you know, for regardless of the size of the organization, whether you are whether you are a big business with thousands, you know, hundreds of thousands of customers or millions of customers, 
or you're a small, you know, medium enterprise, or even if you're a, a one-man band, yeah, you you have customers, you know, that uh, will interact with you, yeah, you know, through the their channel of preference, unless obviously you have, you know, uh, you know, very, you know, closed, for example, interaction model where you only serve obviously the customer through, you know, one channel. And but I will struggle to find that uh, that brand. I'm not sure obviously whether you can point one out to me, but um, even as right. yeah, so can you? No, I can't. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking that even as a, as a sole trader, yeah, as as an independent person, he will have an email, or obviously he will have a uh, a telephone. Yeah, so you have two channels. Fifteen years ago, you know, it, uh, a bit of a research. I think that marketing uh, marketing week did, and and they based on their research, people were using uh, at least two channels. Yeah, and today. You know, uh, they're they're using on an average at least six channels. Fifty percent or more are using you know four four channels you know on a regular basis. So you know the 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 only customer uh, you know a, a customer you know that will that will interact with you across you know channel agnostically yeah is uh, is 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 a reality. That's just that's that's just something basically that that we live with today. Yeah. Then there, there comes obviously a point about the evolution of this customer and uh, you know the uh, the context that you know this customer you know uh, operates you know uh, within so for the challenge that you have obviously on the other side obviously for a brand you know is that okay now obviously this customer with all of these you know, expectations and you know high level of sophistication you know what exactly do i need to do to to uh, to best obviously serve this customer to to keep him in, him or her obviously engaged and uh, and of course, obviously, you know, uh, make him happy and loyal enough so that okay, you know, he's he's retained, and obviously, he promotes my you know my brand to other um, other uh, you know fellow or friends. So in that space, then obviously the brands obviously are then looking at achieving excellence, yeah, in uh, in uh, in the omni uh, you know um, uh, a omni-channel space, yeah. So. Uh, that that obviously kind of for, for us is is a, a holy grail that most brands today are trying to uh, trying to kind of uh, achieve. Yeah, how is it that we can we can achieve excellence in delivering the best possible customer experience to our omni customers? Yeah, through of course obviously the uh, the omni uh, channel landscape, and um, and it's not an easy job. It, it it is difficult as we discussed before. You know, we have for example evolved over time. We are learning as much as, as as we can about our customers, and now is it delivering an experience to them? You know that is you know seamless. Um, you know is uh, is challenging. However, what we can do is we can break that down. Uh, you know, and uh, in order to break that down, uh, again we see some of the things that we have mentioned. Role of data obviously is is extremely important. You know, and uh, what we learn about our customers, how is it that we can nurture it? How is it that we can leverage it to to, to predict and preempt as much as possible about our customers, yeah, using you know using those insights, uh, you know, how is it that we can then interact with those customers in a proactive fashion and deliver an experience we see that is you know as personal as possible. And when we're talking about personal, it's all about okay, how is it that we can make it as relevant as possible for our customers, yeah? Because I know we see, you know, there are issues, for example, yeah, where we see. Uh, you can actually become a, in in an attempt to become obviously you know personal. You can become creepy, yeah. So yeah, of course. Yeah. So how is it that you can avoid some of those things, and deliver obviously experience that is that is profitable? 
now yeah. uh, and in the in the end obviously comes obviously the the piece that you you talked about the uh, these customers that are uh, these sorry these friends that i talked about yeah th that were actually my intelligent assistants yeah and that reality is is uh, coming to the fore gradually uh, but it is it is something it is something um that is 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 i see it as an emerging reality because the signs of it and obviously the techno technology is definitely heading in that direction and that uh, is 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 going to become the next norm but uh, the question is are organizations paying enough attention to it uh, so what i mean is that uh, imagine the scenario where where for example today as brands we you know use bots we talk about chat bots or chat bots to uh, understand uh, or you know understand customers intent so when you're interacting for example with your bank or with your utility company or or a telco provider you might actually uh, you know uh, interact with you know one of their bots and what they're trying to do is the bot bot is trying to do is bot is trying to take basically the the manual less interesting you know bits out of that you know journey you know away from uh, the the expensive resource that that brand has which is obviously agents yeah and is trying to kind of uh, you know uh, analyze why you're calling that brand yeah so they will ask you obviously a few questions they will say okay what is for example if it's a telco they will ask you what is your mobile number you know and why are you calling yeah and that allows them to kind of triage and understand obviously your intent that is what we as brands for example are doing today and we might do that obviously a bit more for example depending on the customer journey we might ask a bit more questions so for example in insurance you know they might ask you a bit more questions to to kind of further obviously refine that journey but just flip it you know and now you see imagine obviously the customers are not sitting still and now you know if what if they start using obviously their intelligent assistants to circumvent the same you know uh, from their you know perspective and they feed in obviously what they need to feed in because we, we talked about ai yeah um you know in terms of how information can can be fed in and what they do is they let obviously their intelligent assistants to interact with your intelligent assistant yeah right. so, so who exactly are you uh, are you serving you know this is the changing face of the of of the customer that will will manifest you know you know sooner or later um and you know and then there is a big question that you know what is the role of emotive cx yeah mm -hmm. we talk yeah. about you know emotions in this space you know how do you how do you handle with you know some of those issues um and how far this goes will be interesting to see yeah and <clears throat> you know what you've touched on it already throughout this entire thing from the emotional part of of how much it's going to be used and how much it's going to affect customers and 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 the population to delivering an uh, an excellent solution that is outstanding to omni cx and that's being the grail and and i really want you to dive into that a bit deeper so in your mind and through your experience how does an organization actually deliver an excellent or outstanding Omni CX solution that what and what is that holy grail? Yeah, so um, so just just go into obviously a bit more detail. Then um, the first step that I um, I think the the brand needs to take, and here obviously uh, when when I'm taking that first step, it is uh, you know kind of implicit that you are clear about your 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 brand vision. You are clear obviously about your purpose. You are clear about your strategy. 
yeah, uh, the market you, you, uh, and, the, uh, and the customers that you want to serve. Yeah, so those things obviously are implicitly clear and, and the team is engaged and is ready to go. Yeah, but from a, from a technical perspective in terms of how is it that you uh, embark on that journey and, uh, and uh, make it happen, the, the first thing that I strongly believe that uh, brands obviously needs to do is that they need to know as much as they can about their customers. Yes, yeah, so and know your customers, at least try to know your customers better than, uh, better than they know themselves. Yeah, and and but that needs to be done basically in as careful you know as uh, and uh, balanced fashion as as possible. So this is, for example, about building that 360 degree view that most organizations talk about. For example, when they're looking at a um, their you know CRM you know uh, customer profiles, but this might be about actually extending that to kind of uh, and developing a 720 degree view. Uh, which means that okay, is the is the is the the data and information that you have have about the customer within the organization, but you are also obviously now uh, you know a, uh, adding and leveraging the relevant bits that you can pick uh, you know from the the wider ecosystem that your brand operates in. So then you have basically all... building a profile of your customer in order to better serve them. Yes, a customer data model, uh, or you can call it customer profiles. I think McKinsey refers to it as customer profiles. But whatever we see that terminology may be, but it is that robust understanding, you know, uh, that is developed about your customers. So know your customers, you know, well. Once you know your customers, then there are tools and you know, uh, you know, and capabilities out there that you can use to then respond to those customers. So it does not matter, see what that journey may be, yeah, and it does not matter what that channel may be, yeah. So uh, you know, whether we see the customer is uh, you know interacting with you, we see via voice channel. Or whether it's a you know web or someone picks up a mobile phone, yeah, the data that you need to understand the customer's intent uh, and you know, and predict you know customers for example next step in their journey, yeah, is something that you will be able to you know figure out you know using that customer data model, because that customer data model does reflect all of those bits. So it will have obviously the, the psychographic data, demographic data, consumption data, transactional data, interaction data. It's something that you will de- you know develop over time. It will become your uh, the IP of your organization, but it will be the 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 the, the you can say a subset of the the holy grail, but the core uh, of your your strategy. Yeah, very interesting. And, and building that profile of a customer is, is is going to be something that, again, touch on that again, that we need to um, just be careful of how we're actually doing that. And, and you know, this, this goes on to, so goes on to the next point with knowing the customer better than they know themselves. And again, you, you that could be quite challenging and have a, a whole realm of different things that need to be done. Um, but how how do we do that? Um, what sort of things do you feel that a, a an organization would need to know in order for them to be able to better serve their customers? So how do we how do you make sure that you know your customer better than they know themselves? Yeah, so it's just basically the things that I mentioned. So you know the the psychogra- psychographic, demographic, you know transactional interaction. Yeah, uh, consumption-based, you know, data that you're you're picking up about the customer. It could be obviously their, you know, uh, emotional sentiment, for example, data. Yeah, how do they feel? And but you need to be, you know, it, so it's a mix of basically your historical 
and real-time data that that you're uh, as an organization you're you're capturing and developing obviously this view about your customers but i think the important thing here is that you know being how is it that we can keep it you know safe and how is it that we can make sure that okay uh, we are uh, um, not um, over indulging for example in this in this opportunity that we have uh, and uh, you know we deliver we do it in a, in a in a in a responsible fashion yeah, yeah. so for example um, uh, Google, uh, sorry, uh, Gartner, Gartner did, for example, a, you know, research in this, you know, space. And one of the reports, they said that, um, you know, more than half of the, the, the customers, for example, would, uh, you know, unsubscribe from a company, a company's communication. And, you know, over 38% uh, of the customers will stop, you know, doing business with a company if they find the personalization efforts of that company to be creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a clear message yeah, there that, okay, we we need to make sure that, okay, you know, we're doing it in a responsible fashion. And so I can, for example, maybe I can break that down. So today, for example, when you're kind of trying to you know, build that, uh, um, and this is more actually more relevant, obviously, in the online space, yeah, uh, uh, digital space. Offline space, or obviously the, uh, the, the, uh, the experience that you will have, for example, with most of your, uh, your usual, you know, brands that you engage with. So, for example, whether it's you know Vodafone for your you know broadband, as you mentioned, yeah, yeah, uh, or, or 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 your bank, you know, they you, you might not you might not come across with that much of a creepiness with those brands because they're actually building their you know the the data that they have uh, on you already. So that will be most of a first party data, yeah, mm. which is about, for example, the things that you do that they are observing. Yeah, and uh, and they will maybe you know you know slightly indulge into the the third party data, and that will be the data that that I mentioned before that you, they might be picking up from the ecosystem. But you might not have to see that much because these brands are careful. But the the problem I think uh, you know uh, you know prevails a lot when you're you know moving into the digital space, online brands. Yeah, so you're for example when you're using the uh, the browsers like Google for example. Yeah, uh, and uh, and the others, that's where you start to see some of the creepiness. So you see that, okay, look, you have just searched for something, for example, on the um, uh, on your uh, laptop on on this uh, on this, uh, for example, site, and now obviously you picked up of your phone and uh, you know uh, and you, for example, um, you know looked at obviously an, another site, and you will start seeing the you know ads, for example, you know uh, you know popping up about things that you you know, might have looked at it on another device. Yeah, it's, it's you know, some of that, you know, th- things uh, start to happen. And a lot of that, for example, is uh, is happening because of the way cookies have been used in the past. And yeah. what we have started to see is that, uh, you know, uh, I think two years uh, almost basically ago, you know, there was a lot of, you know, kind of, for example, uh, outcry, obviously, with regards to these issues. And, uh, and now there is a focus on... Um, on the uh, zero party data yeah so um, and it's essentially basically uh, it's a term from forrester uh, that this is basically a data that is consensual data where the the customer uh, is actually giving you consent explicit consent about how you for example use it and what uh, what their preferences or interests and wants and needs are so you you can uh, this is your uh, uh, you know, this is being captured through, for example, things like polls and you know surveys and stuff like that. And it's it's a go- and this is gold. 
yeah and um and and if obviously organizations are clever and responsible then they can use basically this data complement this data with some of the other relevant for example first party and the third party data and they can uh, you know uh, you know really obviously provide uh, amazing experiences to their customers but then it's, it's, it's all about obviously kind of being fair yeah and doing it in a uh, in a right way yeah and i think that's really important um to be able to be responsible and to be able to be um very um uh, just responsible with the data that you are collecting yeah. because we know we've seen how and again to go back to that point of um being able to 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 not use that power with great crowd power you've already said it with great power comes great responsibility but um not to use it in a sinister way where we've seen many examples of pointed up before and many more you know with with um with how facebook were put on adverts to to influence people's yeah. um emotions to go and vote a specific way or yeah. depending on where you are in the world you would in the country or in the world if you google search the same word you would get different results that's going to be quite important and and building this profile of customers and demographics and regions and geographically is going to be quite, quite very very important for you know for us as a human race because people can influence people and things that are going to be put in place to 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 govern uh, populations um so yeah that's really important um so just what so it's one of the sort of last topics and things that, that i want to talk on is sort of like where you see the future going and, and what do you what what really excites you about about everything that's coming up in the future i think uh, although obviously it's, it's future is uh is moving so fast that it is you know uh, it is becoming real- reality very quickly we see for most of us so for example one of the things that um, i think has uh, one of the things that uh, that is made that happen is the the way we see technology for example in the um, the digital technologies have, 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 have you know evolved and the uh, the role um, of cloud yeah so the the cloud based you know kind of digital you know acceleration is going to impact you know across uh, across industries and it is basically a, 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 an obvious statement to make uh, in terms of where we are uh, in the contact center space if i look at the contact center space i saw this um, uh, uh, report the other day where almost 80% although we see you know all of this you know huge acceleration happening still about 80% of the contact centers are uh, you know still operating on on premise yeah so there is a huge opportunity for organizations to kind of um a, a, you know accelerate towards uh, cloud covid for example has definitely you know helped you know in that fashion and this thing is not going to stop and what we're going to see is that uh, we're going to see uh, multiple things you know you, you know happening we're going to see uh you know it will become an absolute norm obviously for customers to kind of expect you know to be served you know at their at their terms you know regardless of the channel or touch point you know they uh, they choose to interact with the with the brand um the the brands obviously are likely to become you know more and more clever in terms of what they know about their customers yet at the same time when when it comes to the interaction those engagements those engagement engagements will be interesting 
interesting to observe in terms of how those engagements, uh, you know, become rather than obviously a, a human to human or human to machine, how they actually evolve into machine to machine, uh, um, you know, going going forward, and how do you orchestrate or you know plan and orchestrate for uh, for for those um, uh, those scenarios will, will become a challenge, and. Uh, and I, I think obviously one of the other things that we will see is that you know the the, the, the these stark demarcations that we have, for example, um, in, in industries at the moment. So, for example, the way we have um, banking uh, is banking is, is a vertical on on its own, and it has been obviously for a while. Uh, you know where it is the banks basically that um, that. Uh, that serves your, you know, financial needs. If you're, for example, need to deposit anything, or you need to, you need, you know, loan, or uh, you need to uh, borrow anything, you you go to, uh, you know, bank as as a brand. But though that that sector has started to see its, you know, boundaries, for example, uh, you know, beginning to blur, and uh, you have uh, you've seen the emergence of the fintech and various different models on top of. Uh, and lay on top of that, obviously, the whole rise of these cryptocurrencies and the uh, and the blockchain, how that will start to kind of you know almost dissolve that that uh, that uh, that vertical into almost a a, a function, yeah, that uh, you know could be served across the ecosystem, yeah, um, and, you know, a, a, as a need. So what I mean is, uh, say for example, you are on a journey. Even if you take obviously example of my journey in that blog, I'm obviously traveling, for example, to uh, to Dubai, and I interact, uh, and I have obviously various different touch points. Um, you know, I need to obviously you know book my flight, I need to book my uh, you know kind of hotel, I need to book my ride, yeah, um, um, uh, etc. That uh, the the financial needs for you know for my financial needs for obviously for all of those touch points, they might not be you know specific. Uh, or you know, or served by one individual, you know, uh, financial brand. Yeah, the you know they might be obviously kind of you know uh, you know filled by whoever can offer me the best potential value. And the currency that I use, uh, you know, could be you know that digital cryptocurrency type of uh, a, a medium uh, that I use to kind of you know fulfill that uh, that need. They, yeah. So so things like that are going to happen. Uh, it's a matter of time, but that's as you ask for the future. But that's where I see uh, uh, things going. Um, customer experience, obviously, along with it, will will, will evolve, uh, and uh, a lot of things, obviously, that we think that okay are you know uh, are very clever. They will become obviously the norm, and they will become the 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 standard expectations from the customer. Um, so it's it's an interesting and uh, you know complex you know future we're heading towards. Of course. And we can't wait to see what happens about it. <laughs> well, Zahir, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to speak to me about some of the topics around CX. Um, if you'd like to, you know, get in contact with Zahir, uh, all of his information will be in the description in this episode. We'd like to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to us. Again, my name is Ben Chanubi uh, and you are listening to the Tech Cube podcast. Thank you very much.